Good morning, Grace Place. We, uh, I wanted to share this with you. This video was something they showed uh, when we were together for graduation ceremonies. And what impressed me with respect to what we're talking about as people of the Spirit is the missional aspect of what God wants to do through His people. There's an article I posted this week on emptiness, uh, actually last week. And I would encourage you, if you hadn't had a chance yet, to go back and read through that. There is a, an emptiness is a part of our existence here on the planet. Uh, there is not a person in this room that at one time or another has gone to their home, wherever it might be, still with mom and dad or living out on your own, an apartment, uh, um, a state you live in or whatever. And at some point, uh, probably several times over your lifetime have said, this just really doesn't feel like home. You know, this is just really not home. I feel a little... Uh, anxious and there's anxiety and that was uh, planted in us by design God has planted a sense of emptiness in all of us that can only be filled by inviting his spirit the fullness of his Holy Spirit we shared in the opening a message uh, where a pastor I shared the story about when a, a pastor a friend of mine uh, we were playing golf and how uh, another pastor from a different uh, denomination who did not believe in fullness of the Holy Spirit kept uh, interjecting and talking to my friend and occasionally me, but about this thing about being filled with the Spirit and always coming back with a particular argument to say, you know, this all stopped with the, with the apostles, the, the gifts and uh, tongues and all this kind of thing that has to do with fullness of the Holy Spirit all ceased. You know, don't you understand that? And we said, no, we don't understand that because we're practicing uh, what was given in the birth of the church, in the beginning of the church. And so we always had a particular argument, and finally, in frustration, one day, you may remember, I, I, uh, he asked my friend, uh, he said, why is it that you're so insistent that you talk all the time about being filled with the Spirit? Why do you have to be full of the Holy Spirit? And he said, because I leak. <laughs> and all of us do. And so there's that sense of emptiness, and so we need that ongoing infilling of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives to lead and guide and direct us. We're, we're taking a story today. We're going to take a look at a story out of Acts chapter 19. If your Bible's with you or your Bible app, please turn there. Acts chapter 19. We're looking at verses 1 through 7. But before we leap into this, I want to open in prayer and ask God's blessing over our time together. Father, we're sensitive that uh, we need to invite your precious spirit into these moments that we recognize all of us, that there's an emptiness. We have tried to fill it with so many various kinds of things. We've tried to fill that emptiness with um, self-help materials and books. And Lord, we've tried at times, we've gone through seasonal things where we are uh, investing great amounts of energy and nutrition and our um, exercising and all those things. They're profitable, they're good, but they don't seem to fill the emptiness. Lord, there is... Uh, uh, hobbies and uh, things that we have done to try to fill up this empty place in us and it just never seems to be filled. There's always a sense of like there must be more to life, there must be more to my existence and my purpose, there must be more uh, to a place that really feels like home. And some have crossed state lines and even gone to other countries to try to find fulfillment in the sense of, 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 of filling that emptiness. Uh, 
But Lord, we need not do that because there is the gift of your Holy Spirit that you have given to us that fills us up. And as we allow the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives for the first time in our life, we recognize we're not empty. We recognize the truth of we're not home yet, but we can be at home here until you call us home. Father, we ask that you would just move, Lord, among us today by your Spirit, enlightening us and bringing truths from Scripture off of the pages as we've opened this book and speak. Let there be a conversation today that happens between man and God and woman and God as we open the pages of Scripture and invite you into these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And so they said, Into John's baptism. And then Paul said, and John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saving the people that, um, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, and that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And now the men were about 12 in all. The operative question that Paul begins with, with this band of disciples, was have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? Or did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It's a simple but very profound question. One that I think a lot of Christians have kind of put on hold. It is enough sometimes to get your ticket punched and say, hey, you know, my sins have been forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. You know, that's probably the biggest thing and the most important thing. So I'm really going to put everything else kind of on the back burner. And I'm going to go forward and live my life. You know, I'm really glad that I'm a Christian. I'm really glad that I'm saved. I'm really thankful for the things that Jesus taught. But there is a cost. And I think that's one of the reasons why we put this on the back burner when Amanda shared on Mother's Day, she talked about being all in. And that's, that's the cost of, of those who are going to be people of the Spirit. It's an, it's an all in. And over the years of ministry as a, as a pastor and even growing up in the church, it was uh, you were able to identify those who felt like they had a, a ticket punch kind of faith and those who were kind of all in and were very missional minded. I remember sitting down with a, a young man who God had called and uh, for those of you who know about this, uh, did Randy, actually, I credit him. He, he came up with the human video. And if any of you have ever seen what that is and know what that is, uh, Randy was doing this years and years ago. He came out of Phoenix First Assembly and God called him to a, a very different and unique kind of ministry. Missional work that he did across, it started really, the, the door opened a lot on youth camps, 
uh, all over America and then uh, to a lot of doors opened in, in churches all across America and he traveled abroad and, and did the human video. And basically what the human video was was some of the really powerful Christian songs of the day and time in which uh, we were living at that point. Uh, a lot of them were Carmen songs. How many of you remember Carmen? So, you know, uh, the song, uh, you know, Friday's coming or Friday's on the way or, you know, and, and, and he would reenact these. Uh, the, they would just play the tape of the, the original, uh, you know, song, uh, Carmen singing or whatever in the background. And he acted these songs out. And it was so powerful because for uh, he was connecting words with the visual. And you were able to see what these words were talking about. Uh, one of them he did was watch the lamb. And man, you just, as you're watching him, you, could, you, could, you felt like he had a little boy with him walking along. He had the lamb. It, it was, he, he reenacted these things so vividly that you could just see uh, how powerful it really was. And it was a, it was a, a unique missional call on his life and God did a, a tremendous work throughout his life over and over again. But I remember sitting down one time uh, with Randy and I said, man, you got to be satisfied as how God is opening all these doors. And, and he just kind of broke there in the moment and he said, I'm not because so many people don't know about Jesus and they're going to hell. And he, he said, I just feel compelled by God to say yes and to go where God is sending me. And I had a sense of an understanding of what he was talking about that Randy was no longer happy with a ticket punch kind of relationship, but he was overflowing with a passion of mission for those who didn't know Jesus Christ and who needed to know him as their personal savior. You see, people of the spirit are all in for Jesus. They're open daily to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the things that God has for their lives. I remember in my undergrad, I had an assignment in a particular class to kind of track for a week the interactions that would journal, the interactions that would happen between me and the Holy Spirit. And when they gave the assignment, I felt like I would have a few journal entries by the end of the week. I was amazed that the journal just began to fill up because there was a lot more going on with the Holy Spirit trying to speak into my life and, and direct my life than I had actually recognized or realized. And I also began to recognize that a lot of it was missional, that the Holy Spirit was opening doors and leading me and speaking to me at various times in my life uh, that, that were missional opportunities for me to share my faith, to encourage someone, to help someone know Jesus a little bit better. And as I began to realize this, I, I, I recognized that the Holy Spirit was active in my life, not just daily, but moment by moment as I was allowing him to speak into my life. I remember one of the biblical scholars that I had, was reading after recently, uh, he, was, uh, he had, came into this experience of fullness of the Holy Spirit, and uh, he began to kind of regret some of the earlier training in the sense that it, uh, he had already established patterns and, and things in his life with respect to studying God's word. And so I'll just read to you what he said. He said, the academic task of studying scripture requires that one stand, as it were, off stage like a critic or a reviewer so that one can observe the drama with more objective eye of scholarship. Whereas the Holy Spirit draws one on stage to be with the actors. 
And this was the tension that was going on with him at this point. He said, I have this understanding to, to look at Scripture in a, in a scholarly manner and to objectively go back, understand what it meant to the original hearers. And at the same time, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, come up. Join in, in, the, in the actions of, of the Scripture. Join in the Word of God. Be involved and engaged missionally in what's going on. Each time that we open the Word of God, the Holy Spirit invites us to participate in the message. For our lives to be transformed. For the lives of those around us to be transformed and changed. So that it is not just truth bouncing around, but it is truth that begins to go into action in our lives that brings true change and transformation to us. And here we see that these disciples had begun in Christ, but they were on pause as a manner of speaking to the fullness of the Spirit and the things that, that God would call them to. And so Many Christians have made decisions to follow Christ and to open up their lives to Jesus Christ. They rejoice in the forgiveness and in the freedom from sin. They, they even understand, I think, to a certain extent that discipleship happens lifelong and that you're constantly a student of, of God and a student of the Word. And, and however, beyond that, they, they really haven't addressed, just as these Ephesian disciples the, the deeper uh, consequences of that decision. They're happy to be saved from their sin. They're a little disconnected from what they have been saved to. They understand what they've been saved from. I was saved from bondage. I was saved from sin. I was saved from uh, the, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, from all of these things. But not necessarily understanding what they were saved to. Missionally speaking, I was saved to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Saved to share my faith with others. Saved to lay hands on people who are sick to pray for them, to see God do a work in their lives. Saved to uh, missionally do the things that God has called me to do. And so they were living in a sense like these disciples in a missional ignorance. Biblical scholar Craig Keener writes, the central thrust of Pentecostal narrative is empowerment for mission. Empowerment for mission. What profit is there in us having a new life in Christ if we are hoarding it to ourselves and not living it out loud in a sense of helping others know how they can be free. I always uh, notice when someone is uh, successful on, in some uh, area of their life in social media, you start seeing a lot of things pop up you know, about their diet, they've lost 25 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever. And the first thing that happens is people start inquiring. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I wanna lose. 25 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds. What, what's, what, what is it that you're doing? Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll tell you. Or sometimes they'll say, PM me and I'll tell you. It's a secret. Shh. Tell no one how to lose weight. Tell no one how to get healthy. <laughs> it's very hush-hush. <laughs> and I think about Christians, you know, when we get on fire for God, when we're ablaze for Him, and we're doing what, what He's called us to do, how there are people saying, what happened? What's different about your life? I've gone to church before. 
I've been in, I know the hymns, I know, uh, you know, certain scripture. What is different about you? What has happened inside of you? The story begins, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believe? Have you welcomed the Holy Spirit's fullness in your life? Now, while the Ephesians, uh, you know, Paul meets with were Christian believers, uh, these, these people had been born again, likely under the ministry of Apollos, as it states in the opening passage. The first thing that Paul said to them as believers was, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? Did he get inside of you? And the new believers replied, we've not heard of that Holy Spirit. We don't really understand what you're talking about when you're talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We came to Jesus. We welcomed him into our heart and life. We're glad to have our ticket punched. Paul said, that's great. There's more. It's going to be very fulfilling when you learn you were created and designed. And when the Holy Spirit fills you up, you're going to see why you were created and designed this way. Why you think this way. Why God designed you in a particular way. You're going to be used for his glory as you get connected to that. These were Christians that uh, were without missional guidance and empowerment. They were like so many across the board that are happy to be a member of the body of Christ, but not active in their membership, right? Like you're, you're, you're happy to be a member. I'm a board, but really not that active in your membership. Casual Christianity can be a dangerous posture. Casual Christianity can be a dangerous posture for all of us. As a disciple of Christ, our posture needs to be as a student and observer and welcoming the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life day by day, moment by moment. God is calling us to get off of the bench and to get in the game. Amen. John Madden said years ago that football was a lazy man's game. He said there are 22 guys out there on the field that are overworked and there's 70,000 people sitting in the stands that are underworked. Right? He's saying, get in the game, get involved. Don't just set, you know, be the Monday morning quarterback and sit back. You get, get engaged in the game. Open yourself to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying to all the people that they should believe on him uh, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Paul was interested in seeing this group of believers become a group that was mission-empowered members and believers for Christ. Those who were empowered to do the work of Christ. Those who would, would be moving throughout the community and making life, bringing about life change out of the, living a life that was filled with the Holy Spirit. He wanted them to be filled with the Spirit so they could be engaged in the ministry that Jesus gave to us all. We've adopted Luke 19.10 at the Grace Place here as a, as a thematic scripture for, to remind us of the mission. Jesus said, and it was, it was on the occasion when he met with Zacchaeus, and, and uh, he called him down out of the trees, I'm going to your house. And of course, there's always critics around about what Jesus was doing and who he was hanging out with. And Jesus just wanted to clarify what the mission was all about. And he says, listen, I just need to clarify this for you. I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm the head of the church. 
That's the mission. Seek and save that which is lost. You are the body of the church. The body does what the head is doing, right? Everything that the head is, is leading and guiding, wouldn't it be crazy if, if our brain and our head really didn't give directions to the rest of our body? Our brain said, you know, reach out with your right hand and grab that. And we go, ugh. <laughs> no, you, you respond to what your head is telling you to do, what your brain is telling you to do. And, and Jesus said, I am the head of the church, and, and we are going to seek and to save that which is lost passionately be filled i'm giving you the holy spirit as a teacher as a guide as, as empowerment to help you passionately do what i've called you to do one of the, i was telling the group as we had prayer this morning i think i said a little bit about this last week it was so exciting to go to zach's graduation because there was this cross spectrum of of graduates you know um, people that were graduating with, uh, you know, biochemistry degree or, you know, uh, nurses or whatever, you know, across the board, different kinds of vocations in life that people, and they were people who loved Jesus, lawyers, and, and they're passionate about Jesus, and they're invading those fields and vocations to do the ministry that God has called them to do. And they're going to be effective as they allow the fullness of the Holy Spirit to operate through their lives wherever he has called them and whatever he has called them to be. The Holy Spirit is a gift for every believer. How do we receive the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives? The Bible says it's a gift for every believer. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, Jesus was saying, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. What's the qualifier for opening to the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Ask. Ask. That's it. Saying in, in all honesty in our hearts and lives, God, I've been putting a lot of things in front of you. I haven't been keeping to what you said. Seek the kingdom first and all these other things will be added. I've been trusting me to provide for uh, various needs in my family. I've been trusting me, my intellect, my abilities, my skill sets. And so I'm going to set all that aside. I'm going to trust you. I'm still going to do what you allow me to do and what you want me to do. But I'm opening myself to you filling me up and empowering me to do what you've called me to do. I'm asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, if you have something more to fill me up with, I'm open. I'm an open vessel. I don't want to be just a ticket punched to heaven Christian. I want to be passionate about my walk with you and intentional in the way I live for you. Intentional in making an impact wherever I go. I read years ago about Smith Wigglesworth, who was a great uh, preacher, teacher, evangelist. God used him mightily. Uh, in the 1800s, early 1900s, and Smith Wigglesworth, it was said, you know, uh, on one occasion, one of the stories about him was that um, he walks into a barber shop to pay his bill, and this guy has his face completely wrapped in a hot towel, and uh, he walks in to pay his bill and settle up with, a, with the, uh, the barber, and when he exits, the guy takes his towel off and says, who, who, who was that man? And uh, he told him who he was. And he says, man, I felt the presence of God when that guy walked in this place. I felt the presence of God. Smith Wigglesworth was a man who uh, used to weep if he woke up after the birds were singing to pray and talk to God. Because he said, they got to praise you first and I want to praise you first.
He was so passionate in his walk and in his faith with God. He was being ever filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that it became contagious to people around him. They wanted to have the same kind of life, the same kind of walk. Why don't we then ask the Holy Spirit to empower us and to guide us? He's the great teacher. We have access to the library of heaven, if you will, in the Holy Spirit. Why don't we ask him about how I can be a better parent? Why don't we ask him about how we can succeed at work? Why don't we ask him about how we can be a better husband or a better wife? Why don't we ask the Holy Spirit for the empowerment to do the mission that God has called us to? I think one of the reasons that we don't is because we don't see the Holy Spirit as a person. We sometimes think of it as, you know, a mystery or mystical in the sense of, you know, it's just a presence of some kind. But the Holy Spirit is third member in the Trinity, is a, is a person. He, He wants us to invite Him in the fullness of His Spirit in our hearts and lives. Luke chapter 12, 11 and 12. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you should say, or what you, uh, what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Why don't we ask him? I want to introduce uh, a song to you that we used to sing a long time ago. It's a very old song, and maybe some of you who are around may remember it. I'd ask you to stand with me. I think we're still on up here. Turn the volume up. Ha! That helps. Very simple words. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. In thine own special way. Yes, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Just sing it with me just one more time. Come, Holy Spirit, I need Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. 
Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Lord, I know that you've been dealing with hearts and lives, Lord, all through this series as we have talked about being people of the fullness of the Spirit. Lord, we so long and desire to be those people you have called us to be. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have accomplished in us to this point. We want to be passionate about the calling that you have on our lives. God, we want to invite you to just fill us up to overflowing, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that we can come to you. Lord, we can come and and boldly come to this throne of grace that you have prepared for us, God. That you have a place for us. And Father, we just ask that you would just move and minister, Lord, in these next few moments. In Jesus' name. Our worship team is here. I'm going to let them take over. And as they do, I want to invite you to God's dealing with you. You say, Pastor, I want the overflowing of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want you to come. We want to lay hands on you and agree with you and pray for you today.